Unarmored Talk presents My Eight-Year-Old Son Died Unexpectedly, How It Affected Me. With today's guest, Tony Lynch, podcast host at Memories of Us Podcast. If you want to watch this video or any other previous episodes in the video format, go to my YouTube channel at Mario P. Fields. Put YouTube in a search engine with Mario P. Fields in front of that. It'll come up. You can also email me at host at unarmoredtalk.com. If you want to leave a message, maybe uh, get on the show. Just leave me a quick message. Don't forget to leave a rating and review on uh, either platform. That's YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite platform. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Unarmored Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Mario P. Fields, and today's guest is Tony Lynch. I mean, I met Tony Lynch maybe about three or four months ago, but it seems like I've known Tony for years. Tony, welcome to the show. Hey, doing, Mario? It's a honor to be on Unarmored Talk, man, and to be your guest today, man. We've been trying to do this for quite some time, right? I'm telling you, man, we have, and it's like, for some odd reason, things have just happened, but we, we, you know, we were persistent, and we got this. We're here today. You know, Tony, Tony is the founder, producer of a, an amazing podcast called Memories of Us Podcast. Guys, get on Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform, search for it, download it. Some amazing inspirational stories that I believe will help you. And don't forget, if you haven't subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform, just search on Armor Talk, Mario P. Fields. It'll come up. Subscribe, leave that rating, get on YouTube, follow me on YouTube at Mario P. Fields YouTube, watch some amazing videos, or you can catch some other videos that uh, the kind of old and le- you know, le- legacy videos, but it'll keep you inspired. But Tony, can you tell the listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself? Yeah, uh, I'm Tony Lynch. I live in Loving, Colorado. I actually have a, I founded a nonprofit about two and a half years ago, which is Memories of Us, uh, which is the podcast that's based around it. And what we do is that we offer grief support to men. And so whatever you're going through, whatever sort of loss that you experience from a loved one, you know, um, we, we walk with the men, you know, we meet men exactly where they are because the biggest taboo statement that people make about men is that men don't talk. And that is true to a certain extent. What happens when you put a bunch of men in the same room is that we begin to talk, right? So we, we help men develop those tools, um, learn how to deal with that grief, support them while they're doing it, and walk with them every step of the way. And what it did is that it opens up the conversations to break that stigma so others can understand how normal it is, right? Right. And uh, that there is support out there. There's, you know, like, I don't know, man, it's like building, building your village. You know what I'm saying? It's building a village of men who have gone through some of the worst losses that you can ever imagine yeah. and have found purpose and um, committed themselves to helping other men do that and bringing awareness so women can understand as well, you know, what that grief looks like. It doesn't look like what you think it does, right? Now, I agree. And you, you mentioned, you know, what you do. You know, for a lot of men who are going through grief and, and have experienced some events while living that are just unthinkable. I mean, I listened to a few of your episodes, your latest one, and it just makes me it, it, it's it's inspirational. And it and it makes me feel like I'm not alone, even if the event hasn't happened. But now that we talked about it, you yourself went through a major, I'll say major event when I believe you lost a child. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, um, my son, Jake, um, he passed away June 18th of 2016. 
uh, it's kind of interesting the journey of going there because that was the second half of it, right? What a lot of people don't know is that my son was actually overdosed Halloween um, 2015, the actual Halloween day. Uh, and his pharmacist mixed his medication wrong. Mm. And so I gave him that medication and uh, come to find out it was a really major overdose. But yeah, my son, um, he was my world. You know, he was, he was definitely my world. Yeah. And uh, retracing those steps because Halloween just came and actually dealt with it pretty good. You know, it's a, it's a really rough time of the year, right? Right. Uh, that was, I thought that was horrible. I feel the feeling of hopelessness, right? And then nine months later, I mean, he comes out of that three days later. Right. The doctors tell us, you know, he's, he's not going to make it. I'm looking at the doctors going, no, 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 you don't understand. You, you have medication to give him. Um, and this is your fault. You need to give him the yeah. medication. Right? Yeah, it's like I bring I bring my son to you to get him healthy and right. make right. him sick. Well, they made man, they made it feel as if as if um, we the parents didn't know what was best for our child. You know, mm -hmm. they everybody always knows what's best for your child. They never even treated him for the overdose. He slept for three days and actually came out of it. And so from that point on, it was like no more medication, right? He went on to being a normal kid again. Yeah. And um, June 16th, um, which was on a Saturday, we had a full day, took him to see um, see a couple of his friends, had a few play dates and everything like that. And uh, then we went and climbed some trees, you know, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary for us. Right. And, right. Uh, that just had to on. make sure you just had to make sure you stretched and had enough liquid. Right. You were hydrated. Right? Man, you know, because no kids run, man. <laughs> he, he used to run me all the time. That was but he was. You know what? I wouldn't trade it for the world, though. That little dude taught me so much yeah. about being a man, about being a father, about seeing this world through through his eyes. Right. And then when it did, it ignited that kid in me. And I realized how beautiful this world can be, right? And uh, so it was fun watching the world through his eyes and being curious again and wanting to explore those things that we, as, as grownups, we take for granted. Like, when the last time you climbed a tree? Right. You know, when the last time you went down to the beach and buried your, had, had your kids bury you in the sand? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Stuff like that. When the last time you, you, you made a sandcastle? Yeah, and I like I like how you highlight, you know, how your son connected you back to the things that as adults we we overlook a lot. And um, you know, it's my belief. Right. And, uh, no, thanks. And and you're right, you made me want to go outside and just, you know, I'm just gonna climb, put some Christmas lights up. It's almost that season. Yeah, you know, but, uh, I mean, but take it a little step further, right? You know what I'm saying? When the last time you made a snowman. It, right, yeah, yeah. You know. Things like that, like look at the world, look at the world as what it is. It's a beautiful place to explore. No matter how old we get, we can always learn things, right? Mm -hmm. The snow, no matter how much, you know what I'm saying, it's the, you know, we can look at it and go, man, that's the that's the same sort of snow that we had when we was a kid. But as an adult, we feel it differently, right? As a kid, we wanted to play in those snowballs and things like right. that, right? And as an adult, we try to run from it now. Because now we try to now we're trying to drive through traffic, trying not to slide off the road, right? Trying to trying to put on as many layers as we can. Man, look at the difference, right? What changed? Nothing. It's the way we saw it. And uh Jake, he did that for me, right? So the day um that that day, that night before he got sick, um, 
that was June, June 16th. Um, after we did all of that stuff, man, he, his, one of his real good friends, my neighbor was having a birthday party. So he went over there and after all of that, he's going over there swimming and stuff, right? Playing with the kids, running around. And he's got man. this unlimited amount of energy. Yeah, you know, I'm like, Jesus, how much energy do you have? Right. right. But I, I loved it though. I, I wouldn't have changed it. Um, and then um, they got their plan, had cake and, um, so we were sitting outside, and I remember the words before before we went in. We was looking up at the clouds. It was summertime, you know, and the clouds was like pinkish orange. And so he was just sitting up there looking at him, and he was going, "Daddy, look, look at the clouds." And I told him, I said, "Bubba, those are the those are the angels making cupcakes." And he looks at me, his eyes light up. Right, he goes, "Well, I want some cupcakes, right?" And just so happened, I had just made some. You know, I just made something. They were sitting on the counter. So, mm. um, you know, we call them in and we eat dinner. We have a cupcakes. We have father son time. You know, we sit down and we talk for a little bit. Um, and then we put on a movie and put them to bed. You know, uh, let them say his prayers and go to bed. And next morning, my little guy got up and just was not feeling right. You know, I, and that's where it started. You know, he was just sick gone awful sick and this is on a sunday and we had a routine on sunday like when we get up we go to church right he loved sunday school and uh he kept me in track on being going to church man you know like yeah. if i felt like i didn't want to go he was like daddy let's go you know and so for him to tell me daddy i can't go right now and if my friends come over can you please tell them that i'm sick and i you know i'm gonna just rest for a little bit and um it's it was just different it was really different. Like he couldn't keep nothing down on his stomach. Mm. Nothing. Now this is nine months later. Right. This is this is nine months later from the the overdose. Yeah, from the overdose, right? Oh, you know. Yeah. Um, so he is eight. He is um, eight at the moment, and uh, eight years old. And so this is where things don't make sense because he progressively got worse. Then he started showing no symptoms, and so his mother came and picked him up that night, and. Um, took him back to her place. She calls me up. She goes, we may have to take him to the hospital. He had, he has 102 temperature. I was like, Hey, I'm on my way. I'm coming. I'm coming to get him. We're going to the hospital and his right, temperature right. broke. Right. So I'm like, but he still wasn't doing well. So the next day um, while I was at work, she takes him to the family doctor and they immediately admitted him to the hospital. So I get the call while I'm, while I'm at work. I'm driving trash truck at the time. And she goes, hey, we're in the hospital. So when the world? Well, he's peeing blood. Right. Oh, what do you mean he's peeing blood? That's kidney problems. He shouldn't be having kidney problems at eight years old, right? Yeah. So I call my supervisor. Hey, I'm coming in. I got to go. My son's in the hospital. We get down there. My son is just, he's he's laying on the bed. And, you know, they they trying to get IVs on him. They can't get IVs on him, right? So this is where... This really gets um, graphic, yeah. you know. Um, so I get there. Doors, man. He's uh, laying on the bed, and you know, I'm talking to his mom. Of, what is going on? She goes, "I don't know." You know, um, they haven't said anything. So for nine hours, I sat there when my son was struggling. They can't. The, the hospital. They didn't do what they were supposed to do, you know. Um, they couldn't get blood out of him because his blood started coagulating throughout his body. Didn't know, right? Um, so finally, nine hours later, we get airlifted down to another another children's hospital down in Denver. We get there. These doctors are on top of it, right? These doctors are like, what do you want us to do? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I want you to figure out what's going on with my son, because at that time, you know, during the before the ride, they gave um, the previous hospital gave him the shot of morphine because he was in pain. And I didn't realize how much pain he, in, he was in at the moment. Right. right so right. they give him that. He goes to sleep. He was supposed to have woke up. We at the new hospital. They, he's kind of going in and out. You know, they call him. He's still responsive. Everything's fine. Doctor comes to us and says, hey. I don't know what's going on with him. We've done tests. It's not viral. It's not bacterial. I've never seen this before. What we're going to do is give him a soup for antibiotic, and that should clean everything out of his blood, and we're going to do a, do a blood transfusion, right? So, okay, you know, he goes, he's going to wake up. He's going to feel 100%. He'll never even know this even happened. Right. Says the last famous words from the doctor, right? Um during the procedure, everything started going good. And when they started the blood transfusion, all hell broke loose. All hell. There was blue lights going on there. I've never seen no stuff like this in real life before, right? Right. And I'm not thinking what's about to happen is about to happen. So we got nurses and other doctors running in from, from Florida. I mean, there's people just passing bags of back. And I'm looking, I can see through the window and I can see one of the um, male nurse aides over there, you know, um, trying to do CPR on my son. My son son was still living at the moment. Well, he's still breathing. Mm. And the doctor says, go get the parents. We are losing him. So doctors rush out. We walk in, I walk in and my son had taken his last breath. And um, it was like a scene from a horror movie. So what had happened during the uh, transfusion, my son's body, the blood in his body coagulated so fast that it crushed every organ in his body. Oh my goodness. And so we didn't find that out until the autopsy and they were going, we can't use any of his organs because we was going to donate them, right? right? You know, healthy kid and his organs were just crushed. Um, that mm-hmm. that moment changed me, you know, and I didn't realize how much it changed me. Right? It um, it pushed me. Yeah. It pushed me emotionally. It pushed me mentally. You know, it just pushed me over an edge. You know, and I I didn't realize that that is um, the feeling of being hit by a fleet of semi trucks. Mm-hmm all at one time doesn't even come close to describing it. It's like you're, you're, you're just crushed. You, you know, Tony, and, and listening to you, and I just, I just, I just looked down at uh, your photo um, on your podcast, you know, on Apple podcast and, and I'm listening to you and I'm looking at your photo. You would never know. You would never ever imagine that you have survived, survived, experienced something like this. I mean, my heart is just dropping listening to your your experience. I mean, man, wow! It's definitely a tough pill to swallow, you know. And uh, still trying to swallow that pill, but I've gotten to a place now to where. I'm able to use those 
things that I, those tools that I learned as I, as I walked through that journey, right. Right. To give back to other, other men, just like myself and help women, help women understand to bring awareness to them that, Hey, you know, this is what it looks like. Right. Not everything with what you think and don't assume you know anything. Right. Especially, and, and it's huge across the board, right? It's, it's huge across the board. Most spouses, when, when they go through something, most females will often forget about their male counterpart. Yeah. Because to us, we take on a different role. Right. For me, I didn't have any more roles, right? I, I didn't have any other role. I didn't know what I was supposed to do after that. I really didn't. I didn't, I mean, I was a father, right? I had purpose. Right. Right. And, and, and I was learning how to be a better man. So I had a direction to go in to be better every day. And not just for me, but for my son, because I wanted him to, I wanted him to be better than me. You know, yeah. I didn't want him to have to make the same mistakes that I did. So I wanted to set the bar high and take him on a different path of maybe, hey, when you get older, start your own business. So we had a, we had a good life and we love personal training, right? And I was a personal trainer. So ever since he was six, I was teaching him the ins and outs of being a personal trainer. Yeah. How to run a business. So I started a company and that was supposed to be in his company. So imagine all of those hopes and dreams of watching him grow up. And one thing that um, I was really proud of, he told me when he got older, he wanted to be a sniper. <laughs> I said, well, let's research of how you become a sniper. So I took the education part out of it. I said, let's focus on these things right here. Right. Which I, it was putting him in the mindset, I have to get good grades in school. Right. I had to be the top of my class. I need to be this. I need. he knew exactly what he wanted to do when he was six years old. So imagine when he passed away. I, I, I mean, all those hopes and dreams were gone. Right. You know? Yeah. It's just everything was just just cut short right. in, in a short eight years. And and when 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 that occurred, Tony, what? I know you probably experienced a lot of emotions, but what was one of the most devastating emotions that you experienced when this happened? It was the um, emotion of shame, true shame, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we talked about this earlier, it's, and, you know, it was my stinking thinking, right? You know, <laughs> you know, trying to, when, when that happened, I immediately, you know, went to church, right? Yeah. Because I wanted to show them that, hey, you know what? This is not going to whoop me. But in the same sense, when I got there now, on one end, that's what I'm thinking. Like, this is not going to whoop me. Now I'm probably four days from my son passing and people are looking at me going, what are you doing here? And I, and then there was a side of me that when I got around them, that thinking was, I wonder what they're thinking about me. Mm. So then that feeling of guilt came around and I thought myself into depression. I thought myself into isolation, right? So, you know, it was, it was, I'm taking everything, I'm analyzing it. And it became hard for me to be around people because I always thought that they would look at me of, look at this guy, you know, what if he just lost his kid? What, you know? He yeah, was, right. Like, yeah, you know, this, this, this awful thinking, man, that's, that stinking thinking is where I was at. And, you know, we often on, you know, the show, we often talk about how to develop 
an accurate way of thinking. And I love how you've highlighted what happens when you inaccurately think, you know, when you start thinking, you're putting things into your thought process that are not um, concrete. They're, like you said, they're opinionated. And what are people going to think about me? How are people viewing me because I lost my child? And, And how it sent you into this, this mental state that wasn't healthy. What what happened when you were kind of in this, I'll call it phase? Oh man, everything, everything happens, right? Because you would think yourself into a suicide. Yeah. I mean, that's when I became the, the, the most cleverest, right? I learned how to put on a fake face. Mm. And since I was working out, knowing people stopped asking me how I was doing. Right. And so Viewing the world from the from that perspective, I began planning out my own suicide. I began watching my friends, right, seeing who was going to call me, how long it would take in between before they called me, right. And I was, I realized, I started, I started pushing them over, and I had a window. I pushed, I literally, if I, I can't make this stuff up, I started calling them on days that. I wanted to t- that uh, that I wanted to talk to them, so I started pushing their days over. So they stopped calling me on their normal days, and started waiting for me to call them on the days, right? And so those days, when it came down to a Friday, right, they knew the weekend I'm not gonna call them. No one even knew. I had planned out my own suicide, so I thought myself into a depression with all the guilt and the shame that I felt, and then I thought myself into my own suicide I contemplated the whole thing I knew exactly what I was going to do I knew the date that I was going to do it and I knew that it wasn't good because on my social media all I had to do was just schedule out my posts as long as those posts are coming up you're not going to ask me how I'm doing you're not because you see in the post you thinking I'm planning this you thinking I'm putting them up there right everybody's thinking Tony's Tony's good look at him he's wow yeah. No one knew because nothing changed. And it was just like, you know, people I was around. No, I never said anything. Everybody thought I was okay. You see the post, you're not going to, you're not going to, well, he's doing good. Yeah. Not understanding that I was already, I was already a hundred steps ahead. I was already planning my suicide. I went out and purchased a gun from off the street, you know, uh, and had my car. I was like, the only way they're going to find me is that the GPS on the car, my car is paid up. Right. So you're not going to worry about where that car is, right? You're not going to, it's, it's paid up for months. By the time you find me, and this was my thinking, by the time you find me, the animals would have been torn me apart. Mm. You're going to find a car with bloodstains in it and a gun. Wow, Tony, that's, that is amazing. And, in, in, you know, here you are, Jake, you know, you have this wonderful evening with Jay, wake up the next morning. I sick. Not even, you know, let's just say minutes because that's what it probably seemed like. I, you know, and now you lose your son. You go into this, this thought process that is inaccurate, which sinks you into depression where you have, you have methodically thought out how you're going to end your life. And very, very brilliant on how you design your social media cadence. Um, 
how did you turn it around where now we are being, uh, my words, blessed to listen to your story today in 2021 and not saying Tony Lynch was an amazing person? What turned it around? It was it was realizing that there was another side to this, right? Um, you know, I'm a I'm a believer. And um, I felt like I was in a spiritual battle. It wasn't until mm. I surrendered to that and I, and I began to understand the process that my thinking went back the other way. And when I went, whoa, that's what that looks like, right? So, I'm, I'm, you know, I didn't know what grief was. No one ever taught me. So I started thinking myself, I went, whoa, this makes total sense. I now get it. I now understand where that misunderstanding comes. This is what it looks like. Mm. And so I started thinking, I went, okay, well, if this is what it looks like, then I need to figure this out. You know, I'm already homeless. I, I had nowhere else to go. I'm on rock bottom. I just already attempted to take my own life. Right. Don't, get no, don't get no deeper than that, right? right? I lost everything. Where do I go from there? And I just remember when I just didn't have nothing else left. I just remember just reaching up and I said, God, look, you won't take me. What do you want from me? And that guy came back, that that father came back, that man that was that was, had followed, you know, and been obedient to, to God for, for those many years came back but he came back different. And that's began the journey of the process of who Tony is and who I'm becoming today, right? And tomorrow, because with that, it brought a lot of uh, understanding, but it, it gave me a lot of tools. So thinking myself backwards into that funk actually gave me the strength to start stepping forward. And then next thing you know, you know, I got my head up now because now I have a reason to look up. You know, um, I got a reason to smile. That sense of gratitude came and, and took me over and I became appreciative. But then I found a purpose in servitude to others. And I became committed to doing that. So walking that, walking that path, you know, um, everybody's going to experience it differently. Right. And it's the emotional aspect that comes on to it, but you have to go through it. And that's when I started understanding what true healing meant. I wasn't broken. I was hurt. I was, I was hurt. And uh, once I realized that, I started seeking paths to healing. So that accurate thinking, inaccurate thinking brought me back around to the accurate thinking. Right. Okay. Now I know that I'm. This is not going. I'm going to commit suicide anymore. But I understand it's part of the process. How normal is this across the board? What I started to think, and how many more men out there are just like me? Yeah, yeah. And the power, you know, how you highlighted the power of, of a belief system and mm -hmm. and the faith and 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 how you know this this experience um, made you think think about reminding you right about the faith and for you you know the faith in god and and what does that mean and i love how you said it, i started to gain a better understanding of what was going on 
and you started to you chose to change your behaviors, uh, which, which is is commendable. Minds, this is just the only thing I can say. And it's just a, it's just powerful how the loss of your son turned Tony Lynch into serving others. And in particular, providing an opportunity for men who are grieving, because I agree with you that that process is a misunderstood process for me. And listening to your podcast really helped me understand that I am not alone uh, with grieving and listening to you. And I hope our listeners and viewers gain this from you is that Although suicide can come into play in your thought process, that's not the final option as you look at Tony, who was at the brink of suicide. And now look at Tony Lynch today. Tony, do you have any last uh, remarks that you can leave our listeners and viewers, my friend? Yeah, you know, um, don't try to walk the path alone, you know, um, we're, we're better as a community. And if you are going through something like that, seek out that community, be supported by other people that have walked that path and learn from them. Don't try to rush the process, but learn from them and uh, be open to um, having grace for yourself as you go through it. I like it, Tony. I like it. Where can people find you, Tony? Because I, I, I'm pretty sure there are some folks that want to link up with Tony Lynch. Yeah, most definitely. Um, they can go to the website, uh, which is www.memories2.org. They can find me on Facebook as Tony Lynch or Memories Memories of Us LTD. Um, and if you're a man struggling, I do have a private group inside of that group as well. We're on um, uh, Instagram, which is M-E-M-O-R-I-E-S uh, for us. Uh, so Memories for us. And then I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, as Tony Lynch. So you can connect with me up there. Um, we also do weekly um, Zoom groups for men, which is free to attend, and also um, once a week clubhouse groups as well. So you can find me on there as Tony Lynch. Tony, you're doing amazing things. I will always say a prayer for Jake, right? Halloween would be different for me um, going forward. And uh, Jake, Jake is definitely in the Fields family prayer. I'm pretty sure in the Unarmored Talk guest listeners and viewers prayers as well. Thank you so much for removing your armor to come on the show to talk about a topic I know is pretty difficult to talk about, Tony. Truly appreciate you. I appreciate you letting me come on and uh, take my armor off and share, them, share my story with your audience. So yeah, I appreciate you, brother. No, thanks, man. Likewise. But ladies and gentlemen, y'all guys be safe until next time. We'll see you later. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to that episode. What a powerful episode by Tony Lynch. And the one thing I would like to remind everyone is, although suicide is a major problem throughout the world, just remember, just like Tony, that uh, you can think through those emotions, uh, through the depression, and continue to live a wonderful life and not in your life early due to suicide. Again, if you need help, get help out there, but let's uh, work together to not allow suicide to be an option.